Do you like this show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is Derek diamond ah, it feels like it's been forever since we've been here i know i am not uh, i'm not in philly anymore yeah, for no. the, the the video for, uh viewers it's like i've been stuck in philly for two weeks i'm all rusty so if i get crazy with the uh the soundboard tonight please forgive me I, I encourage the craziness on the soundboard. Oh, so you want I think it makes like, the show more fun. Like this? Monkey! <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> uh, if you're yes. wondering what that's from, go back and listen to our commentary episode of Super Mario Brothers, which we just released this past Friday. It's on our feed, it's on our website. Um, go check it out. It's uh, It's gloriously awful. I'm not going to lie, That's when it comes to this show, that's probably top two favorite episode for me. Yeah, me I too. love doing that commentary. I listened back to it the other day when I was at work, and it was it was a quality podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I don't... Shows that I'm on, I don't listen back to all that often, but that one I did. I listened to the whole thing uh, when you released it, because um, I had Friday off, you know, I was getting everything ready for the uh for the roast so i had my uh airpods in and just listened to it while i was you know getting everything ready yeah reliving I loved it, it without having to watch it is, is pretty good <laughs> i could i could visualize it so that made it almost as bad but i only have one no, thing was... to say about that movie like you had the super mario brothers franchise you had millions of dollars to make this money you had bob hoskins you had dennis hopper and i only have one thing to say you blow it! Yep. <laughs> Monkey! <laughs> uh, that's, oh, that's so amazing. bad. So, um, yep. what have you been up to the uh, the past, what's well, been like three weeks since we've recorded, so I haven't talked to you in a while. Tell us about your roast. It's going to be coming out this week. Yeah, so this past Friday, we, we had my 200th episode of the Derek Diamond Experience, which uh, was the roast. I uh, actually had a pretty decent turnout. Um, we started around, we started 15 minutes late just because we wanted to give people a little bit of extra time to show up. Because we opened the venue at 7:30, but people didn't really start showing up till around eight. Yeah. So we were like, well, we'll just we'll wait an extra 10, 15 minutes, and you know, a few more people showed up. We had somewhere between, I think, 30 and 40 people. Oh, that's cool. So it I, was it was I'm, a pretty good turnout. I'm sorry I um, couldn't make it, man. I was <laughs> when I got off work on Friday, I was just like, I can't make the drive over there. I'm so tired. And I yeah. I, I called you, told you I couldn't make it, and then immediately fell asleep for like three hours and woke up at like eight o'clock. I was like, Ooh, I'm glad I didn't try to drive. Yeah. But the roast itself was really good. Um I actually I told all the panelists after the fact that's now when it comes to my show. That's my number one like favorite podcasting experience I've had. Like it was so much fun. The jokes were really good. Um, some I'm gonna have to edit out just because they're <laughs> they're pretty bad. Yeah. But um, you'll you'll get a kick out of it. And those you know who listen to the show who know me will get a kick out of it. I, I won't say what the jokes are, but there were surprisingly a lot of jokes made about um, when I had longer hair. Mm. And I was actually thinking of growing it back out, but I'll just say after the roast, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, um, uh, I think was it Brandon Nikase that uh, texted me um, that was there and said one of the um, uh, the roasters had dropped out, and I was like, man, I, I wish I could have gone. I could have stepped in and filled the yeah. spot. But then I was like, 
I don't know what I would make fun of Derek for. Like, you don't, um, you don't do anything stupid. <laughs> if you ask everybody else who was on the panel, it they they had no problem coming mm. up with stuff. But no, yeah. um, no, one of the panelists had to drop out because in addition to him getting no, sick, sorry, it was Brandon um, his, Rutledge that that yeah. to me, yeah. Yeah, and shout out to days. to Brandon for coming out. He and I had a had a nice chat before and after the roast. So, Brandon, thank you for for making the long trek from Jay to uh, <laughs> to attend the roast. But but no, one of the panelists did have to drop out last minute because in addition to um, him starting to get sick, his three year old daughter was sick. So mm. he had to. Uh, it, it was it was not a healthy household for yeah. for him. So he unfortunately was not able to make it my my only regret about the roast is i wish that i had been able to prepare a little bit more for it because even though i had everything set up you know months in advance with work and everything i kind of lost track of it so i didn't really start prepping until like last tuesday (laughs) and i mean and i had some some good stuff but you know that and i wish i had maybe two more panelists yeah and that I think that would have that would have made it better. But all in all, it was it was really good. Um, this Thursday, I'll be releasing both the audio and video versions. That's awesome. So just go to um, just check out all my social media um, at D Diamond Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to uh, to check it out. Awesome. Um, I haven't really been up uh, to too much the last few weeks. Actually, me and Wally have been working on a uh, secret project. That um, we're gonna try to pitch to um, one of our local uh, television stations here, uh, and we've been working on for a little while. So I, I don't want to say anything about it until something there's something to talk about. But just know, you know, me and Wally are working on something, and uh, I had to take a, a week off um, from Pop Culture Palette. We missed an episode, and I apologize to all the listeners that listen to this show, that listen to that show. I really apologize for um, having to skip. Uh, the last episode just had some, you know, life personal issues pop up that kind of took the wind out of my sails, which kind of still have taken the wind out of my sails. But, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm slowly trying to get my brain back in order. So um, hopefully, you know, me and you get back on an, our regular schedule here. I've got Pop Culture Palettes recording on a different night so that I can do both shows in, in consecutive nights and kind of keep everything you know, flowing and kind of yeah. in, in a better mental spot to be able to get everything done. So um, everything's back, going to be back to normal. So everybody's listening to the shows. You know, we didn't pod fade or anything like that. We just, I just, I had to take a, a week off for just, you know, mental reasons. But other than no, that, everything's cool. It's good to do that though. Yeah. Because, you yeah, know, cause life. I- Life sucks. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it definitely can. And it, and I know as far as this show, you know, I've I've got I think yeah I've got ten games left to work. Uh, the last game of the season is the twenty eighth of August. So unless you guys um, go into the postseason, which we probably will, but <laughs> it it shouldn't affect the recording of this show. At yeah. least the the dates that I've seen, it it won't affect it. So that's good. Um, and I do have a, I do have to work on the 26th, so I'm thinking we're probably going to have to do two episodes next week, but then after that we should be back to, um, regular schedule. Fantastic. Thank God. And on that note, we got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's go ahead and go into it, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, this one is from uh, ExtremeTech.com. Retro gaming site Emu Paradise shuts down as Nintendo hits the warpath. Uh, for 18 years, Emu, Par- Emu Paradise and sites like it have provided vibrant game resources for console emulators and associated ROM files. Legally speaking, these sites have always existed in a deep gray area. Emulators are perfectly legal in and of themselves, but running third-party games on them via downloaded files from the net is still illegal. Uh, Emulator sites have existed in this gray area for decades, but recent moves by Nintendo are sending shockwaves through the scene. 
There's no ambiguity over how Nintendo views ROMs, modding, and third-party emulators. The sole purpose of an emulator, according to Nintendo, is to allow gameplay on a platform that it was not created for, and the company believes the right to back up a work is solely to ensure you still have it if the original is destroyed. Downloading a copy off the internet, according to Nintendo, is not equivalent to backing up a cartridge you physically own. So Emu Paradise hasn't commented on the situation directly, but it's not hard to connect the dots on this. Earlier this year, hackers demonstrated that the Switch isn't impenetrable and can be not modified. Worse, it found flaws in already shipped models that Nintendo can't correct. The company's solution, it seems, is to crush the emulators that might otherwise be used to play earlier Nintendo games on the Switch. So this is, um, I, you know, I get it. But at the same time, Nintendo really needs to lighten up a bit, I think. When I read this article earlier today, my first thought was, I am not surprised. Yeah, I all. knew it was This coming. is exactly something, it, it's, it was going to happen. Because I'm not going to lie, because I, I use Emu Paradise. That's where I got most of my ROMs from. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. And that site's been around for forever. Yeah. It's crazy to think about, but no, it, it really doesn't surprise me and I get why they're doing it. But my thing is if Nintendo's going to go around shutting down all these ROM sites and everything, you got to put out your library on a consistent basis. And the problem with, with that, with Nintendo was a lot of these companies don't have the licenses any, anymore for these games. Like, you know, like take RoboCop for instance. Or, you know, licensed games uh, of that nature. A lot of these companies aren't around anymore. Nintendo doesn't have the rights to, you know, the, the, the rights to certain properties and things like that. So the only way to get these games is to either find them, uh, you know, at a flea market or a retro game store. Or, you know, what if you have a game like, um... Uh, like what? What's a really expensive game? Like um, I don't know. Uh, Earthbound. Yeah, like Earthbound or something like that. And you can't afford a copy, you know, of it for your Super Nintendo, but you have an emulator on your computer. Well, the only way you're going to be able to play that game is to emulate it. And yep. look, those companies aren't making that money anymore. You know, like Nintendo's not making money off of. Earthbounds being sold at you know, auctions or or flea markets or anything like that. There, you can't walk into a like I gotta understand if it's Breath of the Wild, something that you can walk into Target right now and purchase. But when it comes to a game that's thirty five years old or you know twenty five to thirty five years old at this point, this is really kind of just I don't know over overreacting, overreaching, like what, I don't really know what the word is I'm looking for, but you know, it's just, it's way over the top. It's not a knee jerk reaction, but it's in the mannerism of a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. It's what Nintendo does with everything. So it, yeah. it sucks. It really does suck. But like I said, if Nintendo wants to, if they're going to shut down all these sites, what they have to do when they launch their online library, they have to consistently update it. Or they, they, they do some sort of site where they put out the ROMs themselves or somewhere you can stream it from an actual Nintendo site onto an emulator that you have on your computer for just for video game preservation. You know, a sort of an online library or, you know, online museum to be able to play these games. Like why not do something like that? No, I, I would have no issue with that. Hmm. Now let's it would be move smart on before but, I, I get is, angry. <laughs> it's a smart idea, which is why they won't do it. Exactly. Let's see. Our next article comes to us from gamesradar.com. Why the Tanglewood developers are making a game for the Sega Genesis in 2018. Deciding which platforms to release a new game on is a tough choice for developers fraught with business considerations and technical possibilities. Not many of them choose to go with the Sega Genesis in 2018, but the people behind the new 16-bit side-scroller side -scroller, Tanglewood did. 
As part of the Kickstarter campaign, the UK indie studio Big Evil Corp created physical Sega Genesis, a.k.a. Mega Drive cartridges for the game and hope to keep making more. Uh, and then there's uh, an interview with uh, Matt Phillips, who is from Big Evil Corp, who explains uh, why they decided to do it. And the basically what sparked the idea, he said, the idea had been brewing since my childhood. I'd wanted to get into games, develop, uh, games development since around the age of nine. And the idea of making a game for my favorite consoles stuck around my entire career. I guess I just never grew up. So there, there's a cool photo here of the actual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the box art and the Genesis and Mega Drive cartridges, which, you know, for for a Kickstarter campaign, I think that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, it, it's it's cool in a way to see new physical cartridges for you know, those old systems. And I, I want to say there's been other games that we've talked about uh, in the past where companies have done that. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to, to still make games for these actual systems. I, you know, I wish that Nintendo would do the same thing, st- you know, go back and produce cartridges of old Super Nintendo games, Nintendo games, put out, you know, crank up production on Super Nintendos again and Nintendo you know, Nintendo, hell, like Sega's not doing anything but making freaking toasters these days. Why not just crank out some new Sega Genesis and put it in Target and start putting some games out for the damn thing? No, I I wish Nintendo would do that, too, because if, if I could buy, like, modern-day SNES cartridges, that would be amazing. Yeah. They're, they're, that's just, that's too good of an idea, and they're going to miss the boat by the time, you know, like... The, the retro gaming uh, sort of fever is going to move on to the next generation of consoles. And eventually, you know, the Nintendo and Super Nintendo are going to be looked at as, you know, ancient. Like, kind of like the way we look at Atari. You know, yep. nobody's going to want Nintendo games anymore. Nobody's going to want Super Nintendo games anymore. So, it's coming. It's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's eventually going to happen. Something cool that Sega did, uh, they just released um, the like physical version of Sonic Mania because it's only been digital ever since it came out. There's actually a reversible um, art cover where it has the Genesis um, like logo on the side. It looks like old Genesis box art, which is yeah, really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I wish they would, and that's going to be a game that I review very soon. I've just about beaten it. It's it's really good, but you know I wish that I wish Nintendo would do something like that. Yeah, that'd be so great. Oh, I'd love to yeah. walk into Target and see Nintendo Entertainment System, like a brand new Nintendo. I would freak out. <laughs> yeah. That'd now you're so playing great. with power. Yes, I want a new poster to put on the wall. <laughs> oh, that would be so great. Uh, this next story comes from to comes to us from CBSNews.com. Nintendo's Luigi appears to be killed in broadcast, and fans freak out. Uh, he crushed ghosts and goombas, but he couldn't beat the Grim Reaper. Luigi, the green-hatted brother of Nintendo's iconic Mario carrier character, appeared to meet his demise during an official broadcast from the game company, causing fans to flip out. In a trailer for the upcoming game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Luigi is seen walking into Dracula's castle and running into the Grim Reaper, who slices him in two with a Sith. Luigi's soul is seen flying out of his body and later trying to float back in. Grieving gamers mourn the grisly loss of Mario's younger and taller twin. That doesn't make any sense. How could a twin be... like? I, well, I guess you could be the younger twin. I don't know. That sentence seemed weird to me. Um... Grieving gamers mourned the grisly loss of Mario's younger and taller twin and shared their dismay that Nintendo would wipe him out. So, I don't know. I just thought this was funny that people freak out about this sort of thing. That was a great ad, by the way. Yeah, and they had to come in with a tweet on Wednesday that simply said, Luigi is okay. (laughs) It's so sad that we're at that point. It's like when The Last Jedi came out. And theaters had to actually put up a disclaimer on their windows that said at the one hour and whatever minute mark of The Last Jedi, there's a sequence that doesn't have audio. And that's done by design because people were complaining, oh, the sound went out in the movie theater. (laughs) People are so dumb. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, but you know what I do love? Like Luigi's Mansion. Have you ever played the actual arcade 
uh, version of that game. Mm-mm. Um, we have one here at the big arcade uh, close to my house, and um, it's just this big, like immersive um, cabinet that you get into, and you actually have the um, the the vacuum, and it's sort of a game that's on oh, that's rails. So cool. Yeah, it's a game. It's like this huge screen in front of you, and you're kind of surrounded in this, you know, in this kind of big cabinet, and you actually have the the vacuum. And uh, what's the other one that the uh, like the ghost trap or whatever whatever he uses, um, mm-hmm. but he's he you use the uh, the vacuum and you vacuum up the ghosts and coins and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. Like it's it's a kids game, but it's really fun. And I always play it every time I go in there. <laughs> I'm gonna have to come to that arcade oh, you at have some to. point. It's great. Hopefully they'll get most of the machines fixed. Last time I went in there, like half the damn machines were down. Oh, geez. Yeah. But now with, with more time coming up, because I, I also want to go to one of those wrestling shows that Wally yes. seems to always go to. And <laughs> they're so fun. Yeah. Uh, but kind of in the same light of uh, the Luigi story, our last story comes to us from TheVerge.com. Smash Brothers Ultimate adds Castlevania's Simon Belmont and Donkey Kong's King K. Rule. Yes. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate is getting a little more gothic. Nintendo announced the addition of a new character. Longtime Castlevania protagonist Simon Belmont is joining is joining the cast of fighters. I can't talk tonight. Me neither. Uh, the Vampire <laughs> Hunter features a brand new look for the game, though he retains his iconic whip as a weapon. Alongside the Vampire Hunter, Nintendo also revealed that King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong Country series will be in the new game, though there are a few details on the new fighter. Um, I know K. Rule has been a very popular, like, up near the top of the wish list from fans of characters that they want added to this series. Mm. And I'll be honest, I didn't even think to add Simon Belmont, but the the ad that introduced him, because Nintendo does a great job when a new Smash Brothers is coming out and they're introducing new fighters, they put out these little promo ads for them, and they're great. And you know, we just mentioned the one where the Grim Reaper kills Luigi, <laughs> and then Simon Belmont shows up. Yeah. Well, it's similar to the, the. Did you watch the K. Roll one? No, I didn't. Uh, I just saw the Simon Belmont one. So with the K. Roll one, it's got Donkey Kong and Diddy sitting in Donkey Kong's treehouse, and they're just you know, hanging out or whatever, and you hear the, these loud footsteps coming towards the treehouse. They look out the window, and you see the silhouette of K. Rule, and then he reaches to the top of his head, and it's a costume that's worn by King DDD from uh, Kirby. So he's laughing and everything because he's scared, you know, DK and Diddy, and then the real K. Rule shows up and mops the floor with <laughs> DDD. That's awesome. But I I cannot wait for this game. This is my most anticipated game of the year because, you know, we we've talked about it before. But it includes every single fighter from every past Smash Brothers game. There's going to be over a hundred different stages, um, new assist trophies, you know, updated uh, character looks and everything. Uh, it's going to be so fun. Like I have not played a Smash Brothers game that I didn't like. Well, I was already on board for this game, but man, when they announced Simon Belmont, I was in a thousand percent. I was like, Oh, that's, he's the only person I'm going to play ever. When I saw the ad, I I said, that's, that's going to get Jason to buy the game. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. But no, no, the, the ads were great. You know, the, this game looks great. Um, there's so many cool features you know, because Nintendo's now done, I think, two separate videos explaining the new additions to Smash Brothers. So it's it comes out early December. Um, I would, if you've never played a Smash Brothers game and you have a Switch, you got to get Smash Brothers Ultimate because it's it, to steal from the title. I think this is going to be the ultimate Smash Brothers experience because it's got everything. Yeah, I need to get a Pro Controller too before that happens. Well, there actually there's a bundle out um, for those who were fans of Melee. Nintendo's releasing a bundle with the game, a GameCube controller, oh, yeah. and an adapter that you can plug into the Switch. Because there are people, 
and I've got two friends of mine who like they will only play Smash Brothers with the GameCube controller. That's what I needed to do. I need to just get the adapter because I have two GameCube controllers. Yeah, I'm sure they'll sell the adapter separately. Yeah, I'm sure they will. They but I, I'm I'm probably going to end up getting the bundle. Mostly Sounds because so I also cool. want like the the special Smash Brothers GameCube controller. But the, yeah. this game, it's my most anticipated of the year. I think it's going to oh. be absolutely fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. I'm just waiting for a Metroid uh, announcement any day now, too. I feel it coming. I can feel it. I hope so. That would <laughs> be great. Well, let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. On August 28th of 1987, Konami releases Castlevania II Simon's Quest. It is the second Castlevania title released for the NES following the original Castlevania. Um, I think originally I played Simon's Quest first, and I actually didn't like it all that much. But then I went back and played the first Castlevania, and I was like, I fell in love with Castlevania. I've been in love with that game for 30-something years. Never really had a soft spot in my heart for Castlevania 2, um, because it's just, there's, there's a lot of stuff in that game that if you don't have a strategy guide or whatever, like some of the translation didn't come across all that well when they translated it from Japanese and... You know, there's a lot of stuff in the game you wouldn't know what to do if you didn't have a strategy guide. Yeah. I haven't played Castlevania 2 yet. You know, I actually didn't play the first one until after we started doing this podcast because this was this was just a game that I never played. Yeah. But I, I do, between playing the original, uh, playing, I think, Castlevania 4 for the SNES, and then watching the animated series... You know, I've I've grown to really like the Castlevania franchise. Oh yeah, I mean, you go back and play uh, Simon's Quest now with uh, a walkthrough. It's actually a lot more fun with a walkthrough, and you know, you don't have to do a lot of guesswork and get stuck. Like you'll get stuck if you don't know what you're supposed to do. So with a walkthrough, it's really fun. I still hate that day night mechanic. It's so aggravating. I just wish they would have left that out of the game. If they would have just left that out of the game, I would have liked it so much better. Yeah. In August of 1988, Sega releases Altered Beast, later ported to the Mega Drive slash Genesis, where it was packaged with the console in North America and Europe. I've heard of this game. Never really played it because I wasn't much of a Sega guy. But it's one that I actually wouldn't mind going back and playing because I mean the, the plot sounds like it's right up my alley. It's a it's a beat 'em up arcade game and it's set in ancient Greece and follows a centurion who is resurrected by Zeus to rescue his daughter Athena. The only thing I remember from this game is the voiceover. Uh Rise from your grave. Like the really <laughs> bad digitized voice <laughs> voice that they used to do back in the day. So I'd love for you to play this and and review it. Yeah, I'll I'll have to add it to the Google Doc. Uh, on August 29th of 1989, NEC's PC Engine released in North America as the TurboGrafx-16. I used to actually want a TurboGrafx when I was a kid because I, I always played it when I went into um, Toys R Us. They always had a demo set up of it. But it was always kind of like... I, always, I wanted to get it for one game and one game only. I wanted to play Splatterhouse because it was one of those games that was brought up like you know in the in the the hearings back in the early 90s in Congress when they actually created the ESRB um, because it was such a bloody gory game and then you go back mm -hmm. and look at it now and it's so tame <laughs> I actually never heard of the Turbo Graphics 16 until the uh, when the week came out and they released their virtual console. They had TurboGrafx 16 games you yeah. could actually download for it. Well, once so TurboGrafx actually went out of business sometime around like 92 or 93, somewhere around there, uh, Nintendo bought up some of their IPs, like Bonk's, like Bonk from Bonk's Adventure. They actually put Bonk's Adventure on the NES, and that's actually a very, very sought-after rare game is Bonk's Adventure for the NES. Never heard of it, but no, it's just, like I said, the only memory I have is seeing these games on the 
the virtual console. Yeah. Uh, August 2nd, 1994, Shiny Entertainment releases Earthworm Jim, one of the weirdest Super Nintendo games I've ever played, but I love it. And one of the hardest as well. Jeez, that game yes. is hard. Good lord. But it's not yes. like, it's not, fr- well, it is frustrating, but it's it's hard to where you want to keep playing it because it is so, like, weird and cool. Yeah. Once you get the mechanics down, it does get a little bit easier because yeah. it was it was very hard for me in the beginning to really, you know, get everything down. But once I figured it out, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I do want to play the sequel um, at some point yeah. and do a review of that as well. But uh, no, Earthworm Jim is uh, I think we talked about it whenever I reviewed it. This is a franchise that I think could could make a comeback. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I'm I'm surprised they haven't made an Earthworm Jim game like because it, it, back in the '90s he was a mm-hmm. relatively like huge character for you know Nintendo. So yeah, I don't know. it's time to make now, an I Earthworm Jim game. I remember seeing the I never watched the actual commercial, but I do remember seeing the ads for it. Yeah, and, and the then cartoon. seeing you know commercials for the actual game. Yeah, and they had a cartoon for it and everything. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great property. They need to bring it back. And Star Tropics. Yeah. Star Tropics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On August 31st of 1990, 1994, Electronics. Good Lord, I can't read either. <laughs> Electronic Arts releases The Need for Speed for the 3DO, which begins the most successful racing game franchise of all time. I had no idea that Need for Speed went all the way back to 94. I didn't either. I remember the game in the the mid twenty teens that came out, but yeah. no no idea that it was that old. I mean, I used to play it on the original Xbox, and I thought that was the first incarnation of it back then. I never heard of it What's before up? that. And I'm just saying, Mario Kart came out first. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, to close out this month in video game history, in August of 1995, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is released for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Which you... One of my favorite... Hmm? You reviewed right here on this show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a game that... I don't know if I would necessarily call it underrated, but it is a very good platformer. It's, it's different than the first Super Mario World because you're playing as Yoshi. Yeah. But it, it adds a new element to the platforming genre, and it's it's a very good game, a uh, very good soundtrack. It's got a great look that kind of set the standard for the future Yoshi games. If you haven't played it, you definitely should. I, I was game. actually thinking about this earlier today for some reason. Like, I'd love to play Yoshi's Island. I've never played it. It's really good. I, I think you would like it. I have to pick up a copy of it from the, the retro game store. I think you can pick them up for relatively cheap. Yeah, I don't see this as being a game that would be all that expensive. So uh, moving on into our review for tonight, we are going to be talking about... So this week I'm going to be reviewing Batman Forever, Boo. released for the Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Sega Genesis, Game Gear, and PC. So released on quite a few platforms. Um, I played the Super Nintendo version, which was released in August of 1995. So... I, I kind of teased Jason with this a little bit earlier that you, you might as well call this episode the roast of Batman forever because I, I had never played this game before, but I remember you giving, you know, pretty high praise to Batman returns. A, that is a great game. And, you know, I went back and watched video of it and 
it looked like a lot of fun. It, it was a great looking game. It looked like your, you know, it looked like Super Nintendo graphics at its peak, and it looked like the yeah. perfect, you know, style for a Batman game. Yeah. So, Batman Forever has a few qualities that are similar, but being a good game is not one of them. <laughs> this was one of the most boring games I have ever played. Really? Even from, you know, the start of the game, and you see that that shot from the end of Batman Forever with Batman and Robin, like you see their silhouettes and the, the bat signal running towards the camera. Mm-hmm. From the moment that I started this game, I knew it was not going to be good. First of all, it's not a very good-looking game. Well, now, I know it, it looks it looks a lot like Mortal Kombat. That's what I was going to ask. Didn't they use kind of like the Mortal Kombat engine to make this game? Yes. Ugh, I hate that. Which, I mean, it worked for Mortal Kombat yes, because yeah. that's that's kind of what I associate it with, but it's not... It's not Batman. You had the perfect style. You had the perfect look in Batman Returns. So why not just change the way the characters look and you make that Batman forever? Mm-hmm. It looks like someone basically shot green screen footage of people in costume, <laughs> did a really bad rotoscoping job, and then put backgrounds that didn't fit the look of the characters at all. Hey, that's 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 kind of what they did. <laughs> it's a very boring game as well. I don't think I ever fought more than two enemies on screen at the same time. I don't know if that was limitations or what the deal was, but I, I've been able to fight. You know, like in Spider-Man: uh, Maximum Carnage, you can fight more than two enemies at once. But you yeah. couldn't do it on Batman Forever. Well, and here's the thing: like for the SNES, there were, th- as far as I know, there were three different Batman games. There was Batman Returns, there was mm-hmm. this one, Batman Forever, and then there was the Adventures of Batman and Robin, which was based off the TV show. That game is excellent, and that might actually be my next review when we the next time we do a review because I've been playing a lot of that game lately. That game is so good. Like, what happened here? Like, I don't. I don't get know. It. I don't. I don't get it at all. It's like they saw the success of Mortal Kombat and thought, "Oh, why don't we do that with Batman?" But it didn't work. No. A uh, few more notes that I took. You know, as I said, the the look of the game is very boring. Um, the graphics are bad there's really nothing going on other than you just moving in a very clunky way. It's like Batman's walking through molasses. (laughs) The fighting is awful. The controls suck. The, the very first room that you were in, I was actually stuck in for like five minutes because I couldn't figure out where to go. Yeah. To use the, uh, the grappling hook, huh? Yeah, and you can't shoot it straight up. It always shoots at an angle. Like, you have to do some weird button combination, but you have to have, like, absolute perfect timing in order for it to shoot straight up. Otherwise, you're just jumping around like an idiot. And don't you have to do something weird, too, to, like, go down levels, too? Yeah, I'm blanking on what you actually have to do. But I'll I'll be completely honest. I... (sighs) I couldn't stomach this game for very long. Yeah, I'm like, trying it was that to, bad. I, I'm trying to conjure up memories of actually playing this game. The only thing I remember is absolutely freaking hating this game back in yeah. the day. I, I'm one of the, the actual Joel Schumacher uh, apologists for this movie. I think this is actually a pretty good movie. If you look at it in terms of it's a perfect mixture of the Tim Burton Batman and the the 60s Batman, like it's it's that balance of those two. And I really like that. I mean, I I honestly that's kind of how I prefer my Batman movies. I would rather them be more not lighthearted, but like I, I like the Christopher Nolan movies, but I don't 
need them to be that dark anymore because nobody's going to be able to do it that way that well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd much rather see more of a comic book version of Batman, if that makes any sense. No, I totally agree because, and I tell people that, you know, I, Batman and Robin, I won't defend at all. Like, that's just no, a complete that, train yeah. wreck. <laughs> but Batman Forever, if you look at it for what it actually is, a mixture of the darker side of Batman mixed with the 60s TV show, yeah, it pulls it off because it's still, it's got its deeper, you know, more impactful moments, but it also has, you know, the fun side. Like, Jim Carrey as the Riddler was perfect. Yeah. He was so good. I even like Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face. I mean, he was a little over the top. Yeah, but... I don't know if he really understood the character at all. So, <laughs> yeah, I really wish they would have stayed with Billy D. Williams. I think that would have made a much better movie if they would would have made Billy D. Williams Harvey Dent instead of yeah. changing him into Tommy Lee Jones. But that's just my What's opinion. Fun... Just my opinion. No, I. No, I agree. It's funny because I actually saw the original Tim Burton Batman after I saw Star Wars because I didn't see the original Batman until probably like 93 or 94. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he came up on screen, I'm like, why is Lando the district attorney (laughs) of Gotham City? Uh, Just waiting for him to pass the Colt 45 to somebody. Mm -hmm. But um, no, it's... But back to this game. How you doing, Batman? Th- <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a pretty good impression. Thanks. I played this game for maybe forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, like I, I just I couldn't I couldn't stomach it. I don't know how you last. I really that could long. not stomach it. Like I commend you for lasting that long. Well, and really, when it comes down to it, it's one of those typical games that were released back then that were loosely based off of a movie. The only really thing it had associated with the movie was the actual title. And it was a bad game. Yeah. It was, it was, it was probably a, one of those games that was just slapped together. You know, uh, like Acclaim probably got the, the license like six months before the movie came out. And probably all they had was, you know, a script and um, yeah, character models or whatever. <laughs> excuse me i forgot you hit my sneeze button i might have to edit that out <laughs> but um but yeah I, I i it just seemed like a rush job even back then when i played it and i didn't like it at all the other thing and this will be one of the last things that i say about it because this game honestly really isn't worth talking about that much every time you go to a different room a loading screen pops up. Oh God. <laughs> Why? Not not to switch levels, to switch rooms. And you just see a simple black screen with white text that says, Hold on. Yeah. It's no. it's bad. As far as the the reception of the game goes, uh this says the four reviewers of Electronic Gaming Monthly praise the Game Gear version. And I don't know if this is praise for the Game Gear, but to me it knocks the rest of the the versions of it. Praise the Game Gear version is having graphics that are virtually identical to those of the Genesis and Super NES. But overall, dismiss the game due to poor controls, explaining that punching enemies is nothing more than a delayed sequence that continues well after the enemy is dead. Wow. Yeah. If, if there's a perfect time for a wow, wow. that's it. And, uh... Like that, I destroyed. You know, like when I when I was a kid, my least favorite game for the Super Nintendo was Pac Man Two, and I remember ripping that game to shreds when I reviewed it. But this this is up there with like worst games that I've ever played. <laughs> like it, it would be probably in my. Definitely in the top ten, but borderline top five. Like I'd really have to think about it, but it's yeah. it's definitely up there. It's just it, it looks it looks and plays so bad. The like I mentioned before, the backgrounds and the actual characters like they don't match up at all. Yeah, the controls are bad. It's boring. The game moves very slow. 
the combat is awful. There's not really a a redeeming quality about this game. It says something here too. Uh, GamePro panned the Super NES version as the worst of the Super NES Batman games. They dismissed the training mode as lacking the winning element elements of a decent fighting game. Commenting on the normal mode, they criticized the frustratingly di- frustrating difficulty, particularly the lack of continues and the time limit in the third stage, and stated that the digitized sprites were done well, but clash with the washed out background graphics. I I don't really remember what this game looks like. I mean, I have watched a couple of YouTube videos like a while back trying to remember this game, but I really don't want to play it or even go like look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Because I remember how it's... much I hated it back in the day and I would never want to go back to it. Yeah, it's it's really bad. As far as a number score, I think it would be very fitting to give it a two because that's the number for crap. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So stay far, far away. Well, I think I Batman gave for, Fester's... Not, not even... Say again? I said, I think I gave Fester's Quest a higher grade than that. <laughs> uh, but not even... Seal's kiss from a rose Ugh. would have would have saved this game. No, I kind of want to go back and listen to that soundtrack now. Yeah, I have the soundtrack. It's really good. I love oh, it, that movie. Great. I like the movie. I think it's a great. No, the movie's Batman good. Movie. No, the movie's good. Yeah, the movie was great. Like I saw it like two or three times in the theater. Like I thought it was great. I watched it for the first time in a while. I think it was it might have been two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I then I went on the the Nerd Cave Facebook page, and I um, I posted the link to the Kiss from a Rose music video, <laughs> and I said this goes out to Doctor Chase Meridian. Yes, <laughs> and there were some people that actually got it. I was actually impressed. Yeah, and I like the look of the costumes too in the movie. The costumes were slick, man. Like, the art direction of that movie was really good. I thought it was excellent. That makes me want to go watch this movie. You should. I should. I love this movie. I'm going to go back and watch it this week. Just because I can. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, watch the movie. Don't play the game. Yeah, I I would say that too. I mean, not not all the reviews we do can be be winners. Yeah, (laughs) we have to have some crap every once in a while. Makes the show interesting. Yep. But I think that's all I've got to say about Batman Forever. Awesome. Well, um, well, is there any? Oh yeah. Let me. Uh, we do have one listener email thing. Let me play a little, little bit of music right here. Let's see what this one. Oh, I like that. Uh, this comes from Brandon Rutledge, who uh, I told you uh, contacted me from the the your roast the other night. He said, "Finally got around to listening to this episode." Uh, I forgot to write which episode that was. He said, first off, I'm not sure sure how to feel about the Virtual Boy being available for VR. I remember playing demos at Walmart and needing to stop after about three minutes because it hurt my eyes. Look up Keith Apicary. He is a huge promoter of the Virtual Boy, and you can find footage of him playing it with the system duct tape to his head. I need to look up this guy on uh, YouTube and see (laughs) if... If he has some sort of, you know, burned out retinas or anything from playing the the, the Virtual Boy. That's got to be an entertaining video. Yeah, I mean, look, if you got to use duct tape to strap this stupid thing to your face, that's bad design. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah well, thanks, it's, Brandon. It's, it's real bad. <laughs> yeah, and thanks again for uh, attending the roast. It was It was cool actually getting to meet you in person. And uh, thank you to everybody that contributes to the Patreon page. Uh, If you keep us at the $50 a month level, we are going to keep doing the extra episodes, which are, we'll be doing, what, commentary tracks, we'll be doing uh, reviews, Reviews. Um, let's see, what else, we could do television shows, we could do anything that's that we consider to be retro. We could go back and review it, talk about all kind of stuff. So right now we have Daniel Salmon and Randy Bailey 
as our Patreon supporters, but we're going to need some more people in there to help us keep the show going. So if you like the show, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Yes, sir. So anything you would like to throw in here at the very end before we leave, Mr. Diamond? No, just a reminder, Thursday, the episode 200 of the Derek Diamond Experience comes out, both video and audio. So if you want to check those out, just follow me on social media um, at D Diamond Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, go over and listen to, we're going to be releasing a new episode of Pop Culture Palette this week. We are moving nights that we record. We're going to be releasing the shows on Wednesday now instead of Saturday morning. So you're going to be getting the shows in the middle of the week. So that's going to be good. And uh, this week we have the return of Mr. Steve Scott into the uh, co-host chair. So he'll be joining us this week. And who knows what we're going to talk about. We could talk about, uh, I went and saw The Meg uh today um i don't know what else we could talk about all kind of stuff i, I don't know where where the conversation is going to go so that's what makes it fun so head over to at pcp show on twitter and pcpradio.com to listen to the show so derek anything else before we go tonight i think that's it for me awesome well let me go ahead and play our music here and if you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, that music just popped in. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And as always, please... Leave us a review. If you can't support us on Patreon, the biggest way you can support us is to leave a review wherever you listen to the show, whether it's on iTunes or Overcast or wherever. Leave us a review. That helps us get further up in the rankings and in front of more people. So thank you, everyone that listens, everyone that joins us on Twitch or watches us on YouTube. Thank you so much. Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Somebody tell the fat lady she's on in five. Monkey! <laughs>